steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold, and today we have a significant Minnesota Vikings free agent signing. After a, about a week and a half of everyone whining and complaining about how Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell are just the same thing as Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, they finally made a move that is significant, different, and looks forward-thinking, at least in my opinion, and that is the signing of former Packers outside linebacker and Pure edge rusher, Sidarius Smith. Uh, this episode, of course, will focus mainly on that. There's some other stuff that's been going on in Vikings territory since we last spoke as well. We may touch on that. We'll see what happens as well. Um, but the main focus here is Sidarius Smith, what he brings to the Vikings organization, um, the type of player that he is, and really kind of what signals this, you know, what this signals for Minnesota and the direction that they're heading um, following, you know, this big name contract. Um, that I don't think a lot of us really ex- were expecting, especially because the last time I spoke with you guys, I actually brought him up and said he was going to be a Baltimore Raven. So a lot has changed since we last spoke. So uh, that's the game plan for today. Before we get started, of course, I want to quick mention Lake Monster Brewing. Uh, of course, the draft party with cl- partner with Climbing the Pocket will be on April 29th, uh, beginning at, I believe, was it 5 p.m.? 5.30 p.m. 5.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Lake Monster Brewing. Uh, come check out the team. We'll have a little bit of a draft party going out for you there. Um, all the boys there on the Climbing the Pocket roster will be, be over there drinking some nice uh, nice beers there from the, the Lake Monster Tap and also sharing some draft knowledge, having some fun with you guys as well. There's going to be some giveaways. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully you guys were involved in the March Madness bracket giveaway as well. I'm sure there's going to be some more giveaways leading up to that, so keep an eye on the Climbing the Pocket Twitter um, and then, of course, you know, leading up to it, feel free to try a beer. I mean, why not, right? Like, what's the worst that can happen? I know you guys like beer. Football and beer kind of go like this, right? I'm, and for those of you who are just listening to the show, I'm crossing my fingers. Um, so, <laughs> all right. Uh, Lake that's, Master that's Brewing. Good radio. <laughs> <laughs> 5.30 to 10, April 29th. All right. Let's uh, let's get into Zedaria Smith here. So, uh like I said, huge, significant impact signing uh, for the Vikings in a number of different ways. First and foremost, a former Packer player, right? And I think we're all very familiar with who he is, given that he put Kirk Cousins down three and a half times last year in one single game. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's it's a it's big money. It's a three-year contract, um, and it, you're you got to pay this guy significantly. I believe it's a fourteen point two five average annual value. I believe is the number there. Um, and he's 29 years old. So technically, by the time we get to the NFL season, he'll be 30. So you'll be paying this guy about until he's 32, 33 years old. What are your initial thoughts seeing this sign? Uh, I mean, clearly the Vikings are trying to build to win now, right? Uh, or it seems like it. I mean, you, you, you watch what the Vikings have done the last couple of years, and it doesn't seem like there's a ton of direction. And I think a lot of that, it just seems like that because – Usually a team that's this strapped by the cap kind of goes into rebuild mode. Uh, You know, the Vikings are 
continually pushing money out into the future, out into the future. Void years on these contracts. I think Zadarius may have a void year, uh, but you know, you have one with Kirk now. And then you also move money now down the road with Zeal Hunter's uh, contract a little bit uh, to create that room to, you know, allow for this pair of pass rushers. So the clear the Vikings are going in on this year and on this roster, despite all of the flaws that there still is with this team. So, I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to go in and try to win now with this team, I, I like the move. I mean, Zedaria Smith went healthy as we've seen the last couple of years, one of the most effective, effective pass rushers in the NFL pressure rates through the roof. He and Hunter are each top five in terms of getting right. to the quarterback um, successfully. And, you know, I think we always talk about how sacks can be misleading. You know, DJ Wanham last year had eight sacks and I want to say on seven of them, he did not beat an offensive lineman to get there. I think right. it was early Mike Zimmer's freakish blitzes and confusing schemes that kind of freed up Wanham a bunch of times. And so here you get Smith and Hunter who specialize in actually beating one or potentially two uh, offensive linemen or tight ends that are there to right. block him. So I love the move for a team that's in win now mode. It, it seems to be the Vikings are in win now mode uh, and setting aside where I think the Vikings should be going in the direction as a franchise uh, and, and instead focusing on this team winning uh, as many games as possible this year. I like the move a lot. Uh, I think the money's worth the risk. And again, there's injuries. I, I understand that, but you, at the end of the day, any team that wins a championship or any team that contends has to get some injury luck. That's, that's absolutely necessary. And so whether that's with guys with injury past or not, you have to take that risk. And I think this is a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. The injury risk with Drew is alluding to, of course, the, uh, Zedaria Smith missed 16 out of 17 games last season. Um, prior to that though, in his first two years with the Packers, he played 32 out of 32 games, of course, netting a grand total of 26 sacks in that time, as well as a career high with 13 and a half in 2019. So, um, yes, sacks are a little bit misleading, but the best part about this guy is that it's not just the sacks. He's not just getting the result. Drew also mentioned it's the pressure rate. Um, I believe since 2019, as Drew kind of alluded to, Daniil Hunter and Zedarius Smith, one and two in pressure rate. Um, at the at the at the edge rusher position, whether that's a four three outside, excuse me, a four three defensive end or a three four outside linebacker, and that kind of brings me to my next point. If you're looking at, and we did kind of talk about this a little bit here, where you know on this show, I believe Drew and I's opinion kind of aligns that this team is a step or two away from contending for a Super Bowl, maybe three or four steps actually. This one, this move here in theory does bring you one step closer, but you still got some gaps to fill. I want to see what they do at cornerback, things of that nature before I really start to get optimistic that they can actually contend here. Um, but this is a forward thinking move and something that I really appreciate from this regime because this is a 34 edge rusher in the purest sense. Right. This is a guy that worked with Mike Smith. He's also worked with Mike Patton, both on the Vikings coaching staff. Now he knows what he's going to be asked to do. And more importantly, he can teach what he's being asked to do. 
Uh, it's similar to when Terrence Newman came in or pick your Mike Zimmer disciple that came in throughout his tenure with the Vikings and helped out with the, whether it's the double a gap blitz alignments, whether it's the different packages that he was running in nickel, whether it was, the, you know, the style of blitz that he was going to try to employ and the discuss, you know, the, the type of camouflage, if you will, that he was trying to put in his defense. These are all things that Zedaria Smith can help with in the sense that he knows what he's supposed to be doing and he's really good at it. Uh, the age is a question mark, right? I, I'm a little, I have a little bit of concern with a 30 year old player that just missed 16 games with significant injury. Um, there's that element to it, of course. Uh, but if the stars align and it looks like he's going to be healthy, you have to assume that in order to sign with this team, that he passed the physical, that he passed some conditioning tests. He did some level of, you know, something with the Vikings. They did their research to ensure that he's going to be ready, assuming nothing happens again. Right. Uh, so assuming those things are true, you have to love this move from a standpoint that, you know, Quace, the, what it was the term that Quasey used today in his press conference, uh, a competitive rebuild. Mm-hmm. This is the definition of a. Yeah. He said, you know, best of both worlds between, you know, and that's, that's to me, that's GM speak. That's what Rick Spielman would have said uh, is, is trying to build for the future while also trying to win now. Um, that's what he said. But I, I think, I like what you were saying about, because I think that was one of the things you were really concerned about our show last week was the fact that the Vikings seem to be kind of trying to win now, despite what's clearly going to be a difficult reset defensively, right. with a whole new scheme. You got all these veterans who have been so successful uh, in Mike Zimmer's kind of four, three base and, you know, his exotics nickel blitzes and whatnot. Now you have a whole new system coming in, whole new defensive coaching staff. Uh, coming in to teach a whole new concept. So you, one would expect a reset there, or a, not necessarily a reset, a setback, if you will. And so bringing in someone like Smith, who has not only thrived in it, but uh, knows it very well and seems like that charismatic leader type of yeah, character fine. that um, can really you know help the, you know, the younger players on the team mold to it and quickly adapt to it is huge as well. So in that sense, it is kind of a forward-thinking move you know, for the future. Uh, you know, if we expect Donatel to be around for a while. So I like that a lot. It's another piece of this I didn't kind of think about. But in the short term, I mean, if we can just, you know, like you were across the fingers or they're across the fingers for a healthy season of Hunter and Smith, that is just terrifying um, for, well, the rest of the Vikings opponents this year, but then specifically uh, Packers fans for two games this year. <laughs> I, I do think that's kind of fun. I mean, technically, you know, the Packers did release Adarius Smith. He wasn't. Right. You know what? This wasn't a situation. I believe he's on. I think he, I believe the Packers have a cap hit for Zedarius this year. If I'm oh, they mistaken. do. Oh, they yeah. do. They'll be paying him multi-million dollars um, while he's <laughs> playing for the Vikings, which is that much more fun. Technically, it's not theft, right? Um, the Vikings, you know, engaged him after he had been released from the Packers. So, you know, Packers fans are like, oh, we let him go. You guys got our sloppy seconds. Whatever you guys would love to have them back, we all know that. So um, the thing well, that they got to lo- pay, they got to pay Rogers fifty million a year. So <laughs> th- that this is the consequence of that, I suppose. It is to some degree. It is. I mean, they basically picked uh, you know their middle linebacker and Aaron Rodgers, and then in a sense, then lose Devonte Adams and Zedaria Smith. Those are the consequence of you know mm-hmm. Andre Campbell and Aaron Rodgers. So whatever. This isn't a package show. Whatever. Uh, in terms of one other piece that I really like about this signing is that Daniel Hunter has kind of been in a bad way 
for about a year, maybe more. Right. I pretty much since uh, was Mike Zimmer downplayed the injury that he had. Daniel Hunter's kind of been kind tweak, of right. It's a tweak yeah, the, was the, the word tweak, that Zimmer right. used. Yeah. yeah. It ends up being a, a year long injury. <laughs> exactly. Right. I think basically since then, he's sort of been like, I, you know what? I don't need to be a Viking. I can go somewhere else, whatever. The first, one of the first questions that the media asked was like, was does it Smith was like, you know, have you talked to Daniel Hunter? Do you know Daniel Hunter? How do you feel about playing with Daniel Hunter? And he not only had answers for him, but it's literally been a focal point of the conversation for this guy. He's like, oh yeah, I called him up right away. I let him know I was thinking about signing here. And they were like, he was like, that's great, man. We're going to be a great duo. Um, we might, we could be, we could tend to be the best in the league. It sort of reinvigorates Daniel Hunter. Whereas just for what was 72 hours ago, we were talking about Daniel Hunter potentially getting traded and talking about how the Vikings are, you know, kind of wishy-washy on converting his salary to bonus. All of a sudden, like he's locked in. It's like, all right, all right, these are the two, these are your two pass rushes for 2022 and potentially the foreseeable future. Now you've got a Daniel Hunter who's excited to play football again, or so it seems, right? That's what it sounds like. But I mean, Zedarius Smith tweets a picture of him and Daniel Hunter at the Pro Bowl. You know, they apparently have had conversations already since he's been here. Uh, you know, the, it's this is a good way to get, you know, put stock back in to Daniel Hunter's camp. It's like, we're going to get you a guy that's going to help make your life easier. And on top of that, it's a fun guy, right? Like a guy that you apparently like, you've talked to him at the pro bowl. You know, you, you apparently have each other's cell numbers. Like, you know, each other pretty well, you know, each other from playing against each other at LSU in Kentucky. I mean, you could be friends with this dude, right? Like you got yourself a buddy. That's a stud as well. Like this is a good way for the, to rebuild that defensive line after you kick his coach out the door and then, you know, pissed him mm -hmm. off a little bit, said some stupid stuff in the media while Mike Zimmer was around. This is a good thing to kind of rebuild that relationship. I like that in that sense as well, too. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a package deal. Like it's set, like a week ago, we were talking about Daniel Hunter being gone. All of a sudden now you're getting Daniel Hunter back, but you're getting in with Sedarius Smith and you're going to get one-on-one -on -one action across the board on the defensive line now, because simply the three, four alignment makes it more difficult to figure out who you're supposed to be blocking first and foremost. He's probably going to get a zone yeah. blocking scheme for the most part, shifting the front to one side in order to kind of cover as many gaps as he possibly can. There's that element to it. And there's also the fact that you straight up you don't have enough people up front anymore to block Smith and Hunter with two men. If you're going to try that, you've only got one guy left. You're going to make things easy for Eric Kendricks, Anthony Farr, if he returns. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know what I'm saying? Jordan Hicks was brought in with a you know pretty high pressure rate as well. All these little pieces on this front seven work pretty cohesively, yeah. assuming they could stay healthy. And the show that we did prior to last week was all about how Tyler Williams, the dude that they brought in from Los Angeles, has one of the, one of the highest success rates of keeping players healthy and on the field since 2017. So a lot of this stuff is kind of working together to paint a better picture. Whereas three works, three weeks ago, you know, we were complaining, moaning, whatever, whatever term you want to use there. You know, I think it was a little bit deeper than that, but if things are starting to come together a little bit and that really, this one move shifts you from the sense that, all right, now Zedaria Smith isn't a Raven anymore, which I, last time we talked, I thought he was going to be a Raven. Now he's a Viking. You've got a leader for your 3-4. you got Daniil Hunter apparently seemingly happy again. We'll have to see what happens when the Vikings media actually gets a chance to interview him as well. And you've got a front seven 
that's looking like it's being pieced together pretty nicely here for at least a couple of years, right? Yeah. And the way that Quasi's doing this is these aren't five, seven-year deals. This is a three-year deal for Zedarius Smith, you know, a couple-year deal for Jordan Hicks, a three-year deal for uh, for Phillips. Uh, all of these deals are basically freeing up cap space for the future so that if these moves don't work out or if this one-year project, this one-year rebuild, this one-year uh, stay competitive while revamping the roster, whatever Quasi wants to say, if it doesn't work out, you can get out from underneath all this stuff, right? And you can retry this again with a new quarterback without Kirk Cousins once his you know, mm-hmm. deal is done. It sets you up where it's not just kicking the can down the road anymore. It's more like you are kicking the can down the road, but you're going to be competitive while doing so. And then Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas, so all of a sudden you might actually have a chance to compete with Green Bay. So there's a lot of things that have kind of – like they're toying with my, my emotions a little bit here. And I'm a little bit more inclined to be to be in the camp that says, let's see what happens with Quasi here before we freak out. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> I look at the back end of this defense and I think to myself, it really doesn't matter if you have Daniel Hunter and Zedarius Smith, if it's going to be Chris Gordon, yeah. Cam Dancer back there. So the picture is not complete. The Picasso is not fully ready, but it's starting to come together a little bit here. And I think there's reason to be excited about that. And the other, other reason I wanted to bring up and this, and again, I, to clarify and anybody who's listening to this show knows I wanted the Vikings to like actually reset, um, right. not just the competitive too. reset or rebuild that um, Quisi and, and company have chosen. But if there is, you know, we've talked about some of the reasons that the Vikings could entertain the idea of a competitive rebuild or staying competitive or what have you, you look at the landscape of the league now, and how many star players are leaving the NFC for the AFC, leaving the NFC North yeah. uh, for the AFC. I mean, Devonta Adams is gone now. Khalil Mack is gone now and both into the AFC. Russell Wilson is now an AFC quarterback. I mean, it's, it's, there's a huge landscape change happening. And now in the NFC, you have Tampa Bay who looks like a team that's going to absolutely coast to an NFC South title without any hiccups and then probably have a, a one or two seed, you know, very much the favorite for the one seed at this point. Right. Um, yeah. You have the Packers you still have Aaron Rodgers. You have Dallas who is still a little wishy-washy um, little older. And then you have, you have the Rams who just obviously won the Super Bowl, um, but are having a little bit of roster turnover themselves. You know, Robert Woods is gone. Now you have Coaching um, too. Von Miller gone. Yep. And so you have that after that, it is a, to me, a pretty wide open NFC conference. And there is a real opportunity there. And again, we, there's so much turnover year over year in the NFL now um, where, you know, teams may or may not drop off, might have some more success than usual, whatever the case might be. But there's a huge power difference between the two conferences. And so there is an opportunity for the Vikings to maybe move their way up the ranks, if you will, in the NFC. And again, this doesn't make them a Super Bowl contender. I don't think it dramatically changes things from their projection for the season, but I think a playoff run in the NFC is far more likely than it is in the AFC for, for you know the given teams this year. So I like from that sense, that gives me a little bit more optimism, knowing that the Vikings are going for it and seizing this potential opportunity that you know, with the NFC being weak, that a run in the playoffs is a little bit more likely. Yeah, it's a lot easier. I think that's a great point. I think it's a lot easier right now to do this, quote, competitive rebuild where you're going to try to 
actually compete to win the North Division while simultaneously revamping this roster. Hell of a lot easier to do that when just kind of by sitting around your quarterback became top five in the in the in the conference, right? Kirk Cousins <laughs> is somewhere between top five and top seven. I don't know where you want to rate him. You know, if you're very against Kirk, you might be a little bit lower, but you can't go much lower than top five in the conference because there's just not that many guys left anymore. I mean, think about like the Arizona Cardinals, for example. They've lost a lot of their shine, right? They've got Kyler Murray issues. That was one of the top teams in the conference for most of last season, right? Um, the Rams, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, of course. But Aaron Rodgers lost all his toys. I know they've got some picks. They've got some money to spend as well. We'll see what yeah. the Packers do. Um, I still expect them to be the favorite to win the NFC North and potentially the NFC as well. But they, other than those two teams, I don't hate the Vikings' chances against pretty much everyone else. Philadelphia would concern me a little bit if Jalen Hurts is able to take a step forward and they do some other things. They, Howie Roseman does a good job retooling that offense and their defense. Dallas would make me a little bit nervous, but they are a little bit older. They got guys coming off of injury. There's question marks there as well. Washington, laughable. I mean, you know, what these I mean, like, other let's, NFC let's teams talk about are this now. Let's just, let's just go through this. Like, NFC teams right now that you would put ahead of Minnesota. And this is very much subject to change because free agency is still happening. Draft is going to happen. But, you know, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Rams. Arizona, maybe Dallas, maybe those are, I put them ahead. I could see the argument for the Vikings, maybe sneaking ahead of them at some point, but those what five teams I think are, I put them ahead of the Vikings, but after that, San Francisco, San Francisco. is arguable, but yeah. you have to put the Vikings as of right now in that top seven to me um, in terms of playoff teams. I think to me, there's three that are confidently better. Green Bay, and these are the divisions winners, basically. Green Bay, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles. And then the Vikings, you can make an argument for being as good of as good as or better than Arizona, San Francisco, New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Dallas. So right in that shuffle there outside of those main three powers. And depending on what Green Bay does, I mean I like I might like the Vikings chances against them as well. The Vikings have Played them tough the last few years um, without, you know, injury luck, you know, solid. Uh, Sean Mannion starting the game, notwithstanding, right? Ex ex <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, I think there's a realistic shot here for the Vikings to be nine and eight, 10 and seven might get it done in this NFC if you beat the right teams. And they might, they're going to be playing enough games within the NFC conference that we, the Vikings might have a bit of an inflated record. Right. Like a record where it's like, yeah, it looks really good on paper, but then you kind of check their check in the box and you're like, this is exactly hey. what happened in 2019. I mean, they, right. you, you, they won 10, there were 10 and five. Like they lost that last game with Mannion starting, but they played, you know, Chase Daniel actually lost Chase Daniel, Matt Moore, but they played back of quarterbacks at Brandon Allen. They played, who was that guy from Detroit? David Blau. They played that was fun. so many yeah. backup quarterbacks that year. And so it, it, a similar thing could happen this year where the NFC, you look at around who the, who the Vikings might play this year and you see the NFC and who's going to play quarterback. I mean, it's, you have some real potential to get some wins, I think. So basically, and, and I I'm free agency isn't over, right? Like there's still things that can happen. Everything we just said is very much subject to change. 
I mean, our, our tune has already changed in seven days just based off of one it has. big signing, yeah. right? Um, and I think that that's warranted because if you have these two ed- edge rushers, no Devontae Adams in the, in the division anymore, that changes a lot, right? Uh, it makes you more competitive within a relatively speaking non-competitive conference. So the Vikings might be able to get some things done. At the same time now, they're also very, very weak on the back end of their defense. I would love to see them address that in some capacity. I don't know what they're able to do. Quasey made the, made the note today that he would sign a cornerback if there's value there. But my That's problem is, is that yeah, no more, he's getting good at this, right? He's rookie and he's already getting pretty good at it. You've got a 34 defense. Either that's your base or the nickel is going to be your base. At this point in time, you either have one hole, two holes, or three holes, depending on what your base alignment is going to be. You currently don't have a nickel cornerback on your roster unless that's Harrison Hand and nobody told me, right? So for starters, might be something you want to look to address. Number two, if Cam Dancer's still a starter and I have question marks, he shouldn't be your number one. So that means that you've probably got a hole on the outside there. Because unless you're going to re-sign Patrick Peterson and no one's told me yet, mm-hmm. uh, that's a problem. And, of course, if Cameron Dancer's your number one, your number two is Chris Boyd. That's a big problem. <laughs> like, I love Chris Boyd, but he hasn't proven anything on the field to date. So you've either got one, two, or three problems on the back end of your defense and Harrison Smith trying to hold the whole damn thing yeah. together. Right. No. And I mean, I, so I tweeted this yesterday and I got a lot of backlash on it. So, <laughs> uh, well, I will, what's is it? Raggett Regats. Yeah. He's a sports Raggett. illustrated Vikings. Um, yeah. you know, he kind of just asked a general question to all his followers. You know, how are you feeling about Quasi's first offseason so far after getting Zaria Smith? And I kind of sarcastically said, this Vikings roster is looking great. All they need is a bunch of cornerbacks, a bunch of offensive linemen, a linebacker, a safety, a tight end then they could be right there with the NFC juggernauts. And here's the thing. You're right. There's still a lot of work to do because the cornerback situation is, is dire would be how I would explain it. Yes. It's dire mm-hmm. offensive line. Obviously Derisaw and O'Neal are great tackle or great tackles that have great foundation there. The interior still is a major problem. So I would, I would argue you got to go get three more interior offensive linemen. If you really want to trust that group, uh, obviously, I don't know if that's realistic, but you know, a lot of people have talked about JC Treader as one example. At linebacker, I know they brought in Jordan Hicks and they have Kendricks. That could be your starter, sure. Uh, but I mean, the depth, uh, there's no you say depth. that about the offensive line, too. The depth is uh, uh, correct. No and then same Hill, thing about the same thing with safety. Uh, you know, right now you have Cam Bynum potentially being the starting safety, he looked which good in he looked staff. really good last year for sure. Limited sample size. Do you trust him as a starter? Otherwise, <laughs> you need at least to have some sort of backup option there. And if you don't, then you're trusting, you know, like you said, Harrison hand might be the backup safety for all we know. Um, and then of course that tight end, you have Irv Smith back who looks like a stud and has played like a stud in his career. He had that, uh, who did they bring in from the Rams? Uh, more of a blocking type tight end. Johnny so, Mund. Yeah. Mund. That's right. So um, there's, there's still a lot of flaws in this roster. Um, but with that said, I'm still a big fan of the signing because a healthy Smith Hunter combo could mask a lot of those, those holes. Yeah. We always talk about, right? Like what are the two areas that you want to pay or the, excuse me, I should say the three areas that you want to pay the guy throwing the ball, the guy who's trying to stop the guy throwing the ball 
of the guy who's blocking the guy that's trying to stop the guy throwing the ball, right? Then the guy so catching you, the ball. Yeah, that's important too. It's becoming more important as we've seen uh, with Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. I am Adams, scared of the Justin Jefferson contract someday, by the way. It might be, <laughs> might be $40 million by the time we get to, what, 2024. Uh, but if you could have an elite edge rusher combo – that means keeping both these guys on the field for at least 15 games, if not all 17, get the type of pressure rate that both of them have been accustomed to facing one-on-one pass or uh, pass blocking. All of a sudden you can slow down or excuse me, you could speed up that timer on the back end of your defense. And you really can cover up some of those coverage issues. That also being said, you still have time, right? Free agency is not over. I think there is a solution. I don't know how much money you're going to need. I don't know how much money you can convert to signing bonus. And I don't know what the Vikings are willing to convert to signing bonus in order to open up more cash space at this point in time. But there is things that you can do. In theory, signing Patrick Peterson, drafting, I don't know, maybe Derek Stingley. I know he's got some question marks on the injury front. But if you get a round one cornerback and Patrick Peterson and then Cam Dantzler, I'll run with that. That gives you hope, right? There's optimism in that group. I, I'm not saying it's the perfect solution here, but it does give you a competitive solution. So there's still time to fix this cornerback thing. And by the way, Miles Gorham on our Climbing the Pocket team also pointed out to me this week that Bryce Callahan is still a free agent as well. You guys should remember Bryce mm-hmm. Callahan from his time with the Chicago Bears. He was absolute garbage. I believe we made fun of him on our old podcast for about a year and a half, and then Vic Fangio showed up threw him in at nickel corner and he became one of the best in the league. And he's been basically playing in that three, four nickel defensive style that Vic Fangio has kind of branched off through all of his little, all of his different coaches in both Chicago and Denver ever since. So I think that there's a lure for him to come to Minnesota. He's still available. And I don't think he's overly expensive because he's a 30 year old slot cornerback. So there's still things you can do, right? Like this isn't over yet. And I think that really the difference, the main difference in tune here for me is the willingness to actually attack this 34 unit and say, all right, we got to figure out how we're going to get this thing right in basically three months. Zaria Smith does that. That's the main change in tune for me. Because if you remember last week, I spent 15 minutes complaining about how are you going to try to revamp and give Kirk Cousins the best opportunity to showcase his best self with a defense that doesn't know what it's doing. Well, you guys apparently heard me because you did something, you made a decision where it's like, we're going to bring in a guy that can not only do this defense effectively, mm-hmm. knows what he's doing, and it's, it's going to be an important focal point within this unit, but he's a high character, fun personality, big smiley guy that's just enjoyable to listen to, and he can talk. He can work with these guys around him. All of a sudden, things are starting to come together a little bit, right? It didn't look like things were coming together last week. But this signing kind of changes things. And I'm not as mad about Sean Mannion being re-signed anymore either as a result. I'm still mad about that, by the way. <laughs> but I'm not as mad as I would have been as Darius Smith not been in the building. So I'm excited about this. I, I like this move yeah. a lot. And I think it really has the ability here to kind of mo- move things in the direction where you're actually going to be competitive. And being competitive in the NFC, as you pointed out, is going to be a lot yeah. easier this year yeah. than normal. Yeah, so yeah, it gives you it gives you a chance, a better chance to be actually. I think competitive to me is not just making the seven seed or six seed. It means you know being able to win a playoff game or to make a real chance or, or create yourself a real chance to 
you know, win a Super Bowl. That's what this is about. So I think the Vikings made, you know, are, are giving themselves a better chance here. And, you know, you kind of have a strike while the iron's hot. It's kind of hot right now with the, everything moving around in the league. Superstars leaving the division. Um, this is, you know, I like it. There's more work to do, as we talked about, but a step forward. And at the very least, Hunter and Smith, if they can stay healthy, will be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. This team is nothing if not exciting, right? Um, oh, yeah. Content factory. <laughs> um, okay. Is there anything else that we missed here? I know I kind of loosely mentioned Sean Mannion. I don't want to spend any time with that. You guys. Yeah. If you don't want, I mean, I, if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. Uh, I know it's a sensitive subject for us. So uh, if, if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. Uh, clearly there's some, uh, I mean, really it doesn't matter until training camp. And then if the Vikings make a decision to keep handing after training camp is when that really matters. So I'll say one thing and I'll, I'm going to keep this under 60 seconds. I'm watching the clock. $1.3 million maximum salary for a dude that should be coaching? That's what I don't get. If you like him as a good locker room presence, a dude that works well with Kirk Cousins and watches film effectively in order to diagnose an opposing defense and implement it into your playbook to give Kirk Cousins the best opportunity, that's a coach. Why is he a quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. I got nothing left for Sean, man. <laughs> it is what it is. And Kellen Mond, man, Jesus Christ. I don't know where he is at. If they're bringing Sean Mannion back after last year. I think, honestly, Mannion could be like, you know, O'Connell eventually. Like, that could be his his, yes. his future. He should be. That's now. The future is now, Sean Mannion. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um uh, Anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, I think, I think, I think, yeah, we're good here. Perfect. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, I got to, re- got to remind you guys one more time, Lake Monster Brewing, April 29th, 5.30 to 10 PM. That is the live draft show for climbing the pocket. The whole squad will be there. Not Drew and myself, but the rest of the climbing the pocket squad uh, will be out there uh, doing some giveaways, you know, having some fun out there and you know, great beer, good times plenty of opportunities to kind of enjoy the team, enjoy football um, and get some, get some nice beer as well at, at, at the same time. There. So that's April 29th, 530 to 10 Lake monster brewing. Be there. Should be fun. Right. Uh, in terms of us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast, we are available. Uh, if you prefer to watch these videos and uh, you feel the need to see the fact, see whether or not I actually did cross my fingers at the beginning of this episode, you can find us on YouTube. We are available there. I don't do anything crazy with the, you know, the video and the visual effects or anything like that. So, you know, if you want to do that, hey, more power to you. But if you don't, I, I recommend the audio. It's probably a little bit more fun, a little easier to, to make access to. But we do have an availability on YouTube. And lastly here, Daily Morseman, Climbing the Pocket. Those are our two home bases. If you don't like me screaming about Sean Mannion, there's probably someone else on this network of shows Monday through Friday, some live, some on podcasts, where you will enjoy someone a little bit more than myself screaming in your ear about Sean Mannion. It's probably somewhere Monday through Friday, somewhere in there, Climbing the Pocket. And for your written content, Daily Morrisman. That's our home base. That's where you can find this show a lot of the time. And I imagine a lot of you guys actually do find us right there. So you know what I'm talking about, but make sure to check out the Daily Norseman. And that's all I got for you today. So uh, I'm in a great mood, man. I'm excited uh, about Darius Smith. I'm excited about the potential of this team. And I'm excited to see what they might do at cornerback, whether that's Patrick Peterson, Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner. I don't care. 
find an answer at cornerback, and all of a sudden this team has a chance. So thank you folks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Oh.